Good morning. It's January 20th. It's a mildish January day in New York. The sun is shining, but for some reason the heater is gurgling in the background, and we're just going to live with that. I am your host, Tom Skoka. This is the Popular Cast, taking a look at the day before us. In the paper, we got uh, the U.S. hits the debt cap. I think Max Reed said something once about how the sentence, you were in my dream last night, has the highest possible levels of both boringness and creepiness. And similarly, the U.S. crashing into the debt ceiling is simultaneously terrifying and boring. It's just stupid posturing about imaginary stuff by people who are pretending that it's not going to produce a disaster, both in the Republican brinksmanship over it and in the Democrats' steadfast refusal to have fixed the opportunity for brinksmanship when they could because of some underlying fetish about trying to perform kitchen table checkbook balancing fiscal responsibility with the finances of a government. What else? Court can't find leaker of draft. They looked and looked, and they just could not figure out who released the draft of the Dobbs decision. Instead, they've compounded the mystery by making it extremely unclear whether they talked to Supreme Court justices or their spouses in the course of the investigation. There's lots of speculation in the piece and attempts to parse the language about threatening people with the loss of their jobs to determine whether the Supreme Court justices are included in those people, since they couldn't have been threatened with the loss of their jobs. Anyway, maybe someone will leak the information about whether the leak investigation included the Supreme Court justices. And we can then investigate that leak and have an unending self-reproducing news cycle. Alec Baldwin is being charged with involuntary manslaughter for the prop gun fatality on his movie set. David Crosby died and his obituary jumps to take over the entire back page. Sort of admire how David Crosby started going bald and then just stayed halfway bald and long-haired for decades on end. With the March for Life coming, there's a look at the crossroad for abortion foes. Said crossroad being that now that Roe is gone among the activists, many want to focus on pushing more stringent restrictions. Others want to focus on bolstering the social safety net for parents and families. Not sure how much of a crossroads it is. Seems like there are a lot of Republican state legislatures coming up with profoundly punitive laws against reproductive health care and not so many pushing universal basic income. Like if this was really an active dispute, you might expect to see more legislative work on both sides of the question. And you don't. Inside the paper, uh, Ed Mullins, the vicious goon former head of New York's worst police union, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, pleaded guilty to federal wire fraud in a scheme to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from the organization and its members. Great. Now lock the rest of them up. And there's a piece on Ron DeSantis's stunt in Florida of refusing to allow AP Afro-American studies. The news writing is not really up to snuff with handling how terrible DeSantis's approach to everything is. The lead says Florida will not allow a new advanced placement course on African-American studies to be offered in its high schools, stating that the course is not historically accurate and violates state law. You got to go one, two, three more paragraphs down before it says that the letter did not cite which law the course violated or what in the curriculum was objectionable. There's a lot of frequently annoying discourse under Trump about how you handle covering people who are lying and how you present their lies. But I think the fact that they banned the course without supplying any factual basis for the decision should go ahead of quoting them, characterizing it 
as inaccurate. We're running long, but let's take a look at the opinion page just because there are two highlights there. One is former Representative Peter King got a column saying Santos won't be able to fake his way through Congress. And it's about how somebody who's completely lacking the trust and respect of his colleagues can't possibly be effective in Congress. I can't imagine a member of either party working or cooperating with Mr. Santos, Peter King writes. And then I just want to salute the photo editor who accompanied this with a giant picture of George Santos sitting side by side with Marjorie Taylor Greene in the chamber with Matt Gates not far away. And facing that, there's Pamela Paul complaining that vegetarianism and other food issues have become too politicized in her opinion column in the newspaper. Ma'am, if you don't want people to be political about food, write about something else. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again on Monday. Have a joyous weekend.